Welcome, everybody. Filibuster Freestyle. Last 10 minutes of a great game podcast adjacent, sports jerks adjacent. If you go to filibusterfreestyle.com, you'll see what I'm talking about. We do several different themes with our podcasts. Last 10 minutes of a great game, usually relative to soccer slash football slash football. It's one of our popular ones since the pandemic began. Sports jerks. We kind of talk ragtime on sports. We've got kitchen quarantine. Sometimes we do mashups with that and sports jerks relative to competitive eating or cooking for competitive competitions. Sometimes a little bit of both. You get it. So anyway, we had an interesting situation come up relative to the European Super League, which basically was an ill-fated football league, it sounds like, that lasted less than 48 hours, never played a game. You've probably heard of it. Uh, we got to set the record straight on a couple of things on that. And uh, no better time to do it than an emergency edition of the Sports Jerks from filibusterfreestyle.com. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, SoundCloud, Good Pods, and uh, whatever one I'm forgetting right now. It's all good. I said SoundCloud, right? Oh, yeah, I did. Super professional beginning, by the way. Haven't had any coffee yet. Haven't had any tea yet. Haven't had any food yet. Hungry like the wolf. Ready to roll. Here comes the theme song. Filibuster. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster. Filibuster Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Okay, so when I last left you on the pod, we had done the Leeds-Liverpool game. And at the very end, we, ta- we tacked on a little th- theory about why these, at the time, 12 European clubs would want to basically create an American-style franchise model. And we basically just tried to give a take that we hadn't heard yet, which is essentially when you don't get relegated or you can't get relegated and there's basically no access to your club, which is the American way to do things in terms of sports, um, it makes sense why the owners wanted to do it. Now, there's a little bit of question, literally from our listeners, on are, were we neutral on that here at the Filibuster Freestyle? Were we even maybe for that theory? The answer is, first of all, absolutely not. Hate the Super League. Glad it's gone. Glad we didn't even have enough time of its existence for us to do any type of a corrective pod because it's already basically been blown to hell by the in- tremendous supporters of not only those football clubs, but football clubs all over Europe and all over the world. Super League sucks. Just want to get that out there. But it wouldn't be a really <laughs> intriguing podcast if the hashtag super, super, super League sucks, excuse me, was the last thing we said. So here's the question we got from John in Somerville. First time caller, long time listener. Asking for our take on the downfall of the European Super League. It would also like to hear some more in-depth pro or against commentary. John from Somerville knows that it's pretty commonly hated across the board, but a casual listener who stumbled upon that the pod might think that we were indifferent, like I said a minute ago, or possibly pro to the idea of Super League, which I've already refuted. Definitely not hate the Super League, but I'll tell you why in a minute. If we have some episodes in the works extolling the virtues of exporting American capitalism, we don't, and don't want to spoil them, we wouldn't, They understand, but they're also running out of European Super League content. It's not even 4 p.m., and this was sent on Wednesday. So 
I said we shall get some Super League contact out. Content out, excuse me. The thirst for blood is real. Cronky out. Glazers out. Fenway Sports Group out. To name a few. Those are the owners of Arsenal, Man U, and Liverpool. To name a few. And John did reply with all of them, dot, 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 to the curb. So he and I agree on that. So let's get into some reasons why we're anti-Super League. Not that you need it anymore, but what the hell is pile on? All right, let's start with an analogy that I haven't heard yet to describe how dumb this idea was of starting the Super League basically under the cover of darkness and saying, oh, 12 to 15 of us are going to be in the league forever, no matter how bad we are, but we're going to let a few people come in every year. And that's just so antithetical to what the European football pyramid is, which is you earn your spot regardless of what happens. And even if you have oligarch money or chic money or you have the biggest and most powerful supporters club in, in all of Spain or all of Germany or all of whatever country you're in, if you don't produce in the field, you don't get to go to the Champions League or the Europa League or win an FA Cup or your domestic cup or even stay in your top division or even stay in your second division. If you get relegated, you get relegated. If you get promoted, you get promoted. And while it's not necessarily 100% fair, it's a lot more fair than the franchise model. If you're not in the club, you can never be in the club. Bye-bye, right? Who does that remind us of? Well, how about the people in Georgia, namely, I believe, the Republicans in Georgia, who decided after losing the 2020 election and having the state go blue for the first time since Jimmy Carter was elected back in the 70s, they said, oh, we should make it harder to vote. They didn't say, oh, man, our policies must be out of touch with our constituency base. Oh, we, we probably have to evolve our, 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 our values or our policies or our ideologies and adapt things that are more relevant so we can get more votes. And instead they were like, nah, that's way too hard and we don't want to do that. So let's just make it harder to vote. And essentially to the 12 to slash 15 teams in the Super League, that's basically what you tried to do. You basically said, we don't want to work hard or we're not smart enough or we don't have good enough ideas to be at the top of our game, but our brand is strong, so let's just make it harder for other people to topple our brand. Yeah, that ain't it, dog. That wasn't it in Georgia, and we're going to hopefully have some rectification there. And That definitely wasn't it in the Super League, which didn't even make it three days into the week because of how bad of an idea it was, how selfish of an idea it was, and how tone deaf of an idea it was. But there's more. All right, let me veer for a second and give a little bit, a little bit of credit, a shred of credit where it's due. Bayern Munich, Bayern München, the Bavarian Giants out of the south part of Germany. Listen, there's no Super League without Bayern Munich. Last year, they played for eight different, during the COVID year, so the 2021 kind of extended COVID season, slash the beginning of the 2021 season. Oh, sorry, so the extended 1920 season and then into 2021. Bayern Munich's played for eight championships and won all eight championships. That's the alarm, by the way. Supposed to, supposed to wake up right now. We're already awake. We're already podcasting. Good times. Fourth wall broken again. Anyway, Bayern Munich basically took a wait and see. You know, when everybody in the lines is everybody who wants to be in the Super League, take one step forward. Bayern Munich correctly <laughs> hesitated just for a second and let everybody else step forward first to an absolute melee of destruction. And then Bayern was able to say, oh, hey, that's bad for, for soccer. We're not going to do it. And the best part is, Bayern is actually legitimately a good club. I mean, this year, they're going to probably win their domestic league again, running away in the Bundesliga. Okay, they did, get, they did get knocked out relatively early for them in the Champions League this year. But again, they won the Champions League last year. They won the UEFA Club World Cup last year. They won the German Cup last year. They won the Bundesliga last year. Again, they won eight straight 
competition. So you can't have a Super League if Bayern Munich's not in it. It's not legit. And that gave a couple people who were iffy on it the chance to say, ah, yeah, us too. And then obviously it imploded. So got to give them a little bit of credit. So that's a take for you right there. Got a take on Stan Kroenke and Kroenke Sports Group, the owners of Arsenal. Got several takes on them, actually. But here's one that uh, my cousin made. I'm going to regroup for a second. But uh, take a sip of coffee, coffee and regroup. But my cousin, Andrew Brown, who's lived in London. He now lives in, in the New York metro area. But Fulham fan. Um, but he had an interesting take on the Kroenke's. And uh, I, I have a, a take adjacent to that. Okay, so Andrew astutely pointed out it makes sense that the Kroenke's tried to do this. One, they're Americans. Two, they basically put no money into Arsenal. And now, I can, now we can all see what they were trying to do. They were content being a ninth or 10th place club the last two years. They were content being a Europa League club for the last, you know, five years now almost, four years certainly. They were content with those things because what they were been cooking up for the last three years was it doesn't matter if we're bad in England. We're going to be in the Super League and get all this money. And then we can spend that money on players and increase our franchise value our, our club value, but I'll call it a franchise because that's what they were trying to do. And we don't have to spend any of our own money to do it, which is exactly what they like to do and exactly what the Glazers did when they went public on the New York Stock Exchange with, New York, with Manchester United using the club's own money to take the debt service out. These are robber barons. These are not soccer fans, right? So anyway, Andrew had said, hey, but Kroenke probably had that confidence because here's a guy who owned the St. Louis Rams, bought a bunch of property in L.A., and won the L.A. power struggle of the three teams that were trying to move to L.A. in the NFL's shifting landscapes. You had the Raiders, who used to play in L.A., who have a huge fan base in Southern California. You had the Chargers, who played in L.A. for their inaugural season in 1960, moved to San Diego basically straight away, and their fan base is only basically in San Diego. And then you had the Rams, who played in L.A. for a long time, but had left for the greener pastures of St. Louis, of all places, you know, 25, 30 years earlier, whatever it was, back in the mid-90s, so probably 25 years earlier. So Andrew said, hey, he won that power play. Kroenke, you know, the Rams are easily the winners of the L.A. sweepstakes. The Raiders made a decent play for the, LA, for the Las Vegas piece. And then the Chargers are a gosh darn mess. But I just want to say, and that was Andrew's take, and Andrew's right. But... Kroenke winning the L.A. NFL football power play is kind of like being, um, well, I'm not even going to give an analogy because it'll be offensive probably. But anyway, he was the richest person and the best businessman, but only because the only two franchises that outdo each other in terms of lack of wealth and resources and not great family leadership in terms of legacy leadership of the clubs are the Chargers and the Raiders. So, of course, Stan Kroenke beat out the Raiders and the Chargers in the L.A. power struggle. But, again, that would be like the equivalent of Arsenal game planning to beat Queens Park Rangers and Millwall, two perennial second-level clubs, you know, and being like, oh, we beat those guys. Yeah, that's fine, but you can't beat Chelsea, you can't beat Tottenham, you can't beat West Ham. And basically this year they pretty much can't. Um, so, anyway... I appreciate that Andrew's right, that, that Kroenke was probably emboldened by his ability to dictate what he wants to happen. And the Glazers probably felt similar to Man U owners, but guess what? Again, the fans stuck up in a big way. And I want to just go on record here and say that my favorite thing about European football in a microcosm is the FA Cup, which is the single elimination Everybody with a team on the top, like, nine levels is invited in. 
if you're semi-pro and get your papers in on time, you can play and try to compete for the FA Cup. Is it harder for you as a ninth-level team to win the FA Cup? Yeah, absolutely. But could you do it in the year you signed up? In the first year you signed up, could you do it? Yes. And that, to me, is what I love about European soccer. I love domestic cups. I love the small teams or the teams from small federations like Montenegro or Malta or San Marino. In theory, they can win the FA Cup. Sorry, they can win the Champions League. In theory, they can win the Europa League. In theory, you know, an English club like Chorley in the sixth division can win a few games, make their fans incredibly proud of them forever, and or win the entire darn thing. So, yeah, of course I hated the Super League. American sports are what I was introduced to as a kid. I have a favorite team. Excuse me as I hit the mic. I have a favorite team in each of the sports, and they're all the Boston teams. And then every once in a while you like a team because you like a player or you like what they're doing or their style or their moxie, and that comes and goes. With English football, yeah, I've got a team or two. I, like, I tend to try to like a team in every domestic league just to give, it, give me a little bit of something to care about. But the stories of either the underdogs or the minnows upsetting somebody in a cup tie or in a Champions League group stage match or even the, the enthralling and exciting relegation and promotion battles that go on all across England, all across Europe, all across many parts of the world in football, that's the exact reason I watch football. I could care less about Neymar and Messi any more than I care about watching Marine try to take it to Tottenham in like the fourth round of the FA Cup. And Marine is an eighth-level team based in the Liverpool area. And Tottenham at the time, because they've been fired since, has, Ho- has Jose Marino as manager. And Marine gets to go out there and prove it in the field. Or Alcoyano earlier this year in the snow in Spain, knocking Real Madrid out of the, the FA, Epi- FA Cup equivalent, the Copa del Rey in Spain. So that's what I like about European football. So yeah, I hate the Super League, and I'm glad it died before it even began to take steps. And honestly, the Europa League and the Champions League, they provide access to good teams from tiny countries. I said that a minute ago. And that's important. Mathematically, they all have a chance to win the whole thing the year they enter. And that's what makes it interesting, not having a guaranteed spot in some fake league. That doesn't make it interesting. Knowing that Arsenal can come in 15th place in the Premier League and get to play in some Super League and waste my time there as an Arsenal fan, I don't want it. I want you to have to earn it every year. Earn it domestically, earn it in the FA Cup, earn it in Europe if you're hopefully make Europe. That's what it's been all about for 100 years. That's what it's got to be about for 100 more. I'll leave, you, I'll leave it with this. Sevilla, they're usually between third place and sixth place in the La Liga. Sometimes they make the Champions League and get knocked out of it. Sometimes they just make the Europa League. A lot of times they'll make the Champions League, come in third place in their group, go into the Europa League, and then win the Europa League. They won the Europa League six times. They tend to do it on 1-0 results, 2-1 results, hanging around, having the alligator blood to do it. I would much rather root for a Sevilla, kings of the Europa League, despite knowing they're probably hardly ever going to win La Liga, because you know what? They found their niche, and they make it interesting, and they do it with quality, and that's what it's all about. So... I thought about reading some more texts that I'd gotten from other folks, but we've probably taken up enough time here. But the bottom line is, emphatically, we hate the Super League. Emphatically, we love everything that's been great about European football since it's been great, since back in the day. So 
Hopefully that answers your question, John, from Somerville and everybody else where we stand. Sports Jerks, last 10 minutes of a great game podcast, filibusterfreestyle.com. As always, we really appreciate everybody listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and shoot, post it on your Instagram. Tell a friend or two about us. We're at filibusterfreestyle on both Twitter and Instagram as well.